What is going on, everybody? Jamie Shaw here again on the Absolute Basketball Podcast. Very excited about today's episode. We have Winston-Salem Christian head coach Antonio Lowe coming to you. Uh, we get to talk about his rise as a coach, his having the best team in the state of North Carolina last year, parlaying that into what his roster looks like this year, and so much more getting into the, the stigma of the prep school world and, and, and all that kind of stuff. Very good talk, very good, very good topics. Um, yeah, appreciate Antonio coming on. But before we get into it, I ask that you please go ahead and subscribe to this podcast. If you would, please go ahead and rate it five stars, as well as leave us a comment as to what you enjoyed about it. And if you enjoy what's being said, please feel free to share it across your platforms as well. A lot of great information here. But, but without further ado, here is Antonio Lowe on the Absolute Basketball Podcast with Jamie Shaw. What's going on, everybody? It is Jamie Shaw here again on the Absolute Basketball Podcast. And on today's episode, I am joined with newly minted Winston-Salem Christian head coach, Antonio Lowe. Antonio, how you doing? Good, good. Thanks for having me, Jamie. Man, absolutely. I, uh, I really, really wanted to get you on. I was telling this to you a little bit off, off the air, but I wanted, to, uh, I wanted to get you on and really celebrate kind of what you've done in the basketball world and what you're doing for these kids' lives and, and, and kind of shine a little bit of a light on, on the prep school stuff that's, uh, that's going on and, and how real of a viable option that is. Absolutely, absolutely, definitely. So let's get started. Let's get started back, Antonio. How, uh, how did you get into basketball? Um, it, it's, you know, it's fun. Life can take you on a journey, man. And I mean, I played, I played a little bit of basketball. I played in high school for four years. Mm -hmm. Um, I wasn't heavily recruited. I played, um, a little bit, um, had the option to go to some D2 schools and just didn't really have any guidance in life. You know, my, my mom passed away when I was in the sixth grade and my father's never really been in my life. My, my auntie raised me and, you know, I just didn't really have a, a lot of guidance or anybody to look up to. So I made some bad decisions on in life that kind of took me down the wrong path. And I was about 19, 20 years old. And, and I started, um, I, I met Delaney Rudd and started coaching AAU for the Phoenix organization. And I coached there for a couple of years. And the first year, you know, we, we got our butts whipped, whipped and we won probably five games the whole summer, man. And I was like, you know what, I'm going to go recruit me some kids. And then the next year I started to slowly turn that around. And by year three, we was winning D2 and D3 U-Triple-S-A uh, national championships. So, you know, I take it back to the U-Triple-S-A days and, and the YBOA and all of that. So, you know, we, we went to Murder Beach and competed and, I think I won two or three USBA national um, trophies with my little AAU team that was based out of Madison, North Carolina, which is where I'm from. Um, so I wanted to kind of shine light in that area. So I would go down there and get the best kids from Madison and bring them to Greensboro because a lot of those kids couldn't afford to pay the $600 to pay on the AAU fees for Greensboro teams. So I started my little own organization called the Rockingham County Wildcats. And I used a lot of my own money to fund the program um, because a lot of the kids there didn't really have nothing. They were they had talent, but mm -hmm. didn't really have, you know, nobody really knew them. Um, so that kind of led to me getting a middle school coaching job um, at Western Rockingham middle, middle School with my former high school coach. And we had success and mm -hmm. that led to me getting a JV job. And then I went to assistant varsity. I worked with uh, Curtis Hunter for mm -hmm. a year over at Northeast Guilford and learned a lot from him. Um, and, and I went out to Thomasville Prep, uh, New Hope Christian Academy that was back in the day 
out in Thomasville mm -hmm. and it was the prep school. And that was kind of when I first got introduced to the prep, prep school world. Um, I was the B team coach at New Hope Christian Academy with Mike Shaw and Delaney Rudd was the girls coach. And I did that for two years. And after that, um, Delaney merged with uh, Gifty Chung at Forest Trail Academy and they started Forest Trail in Kernersville and they hired me and I coached there for three years. And I started to kind of, you know, year one, we had a bunch of local kids and I would always reach out and try to get them in big events. And, you know, I was a small fish in a, in a, in a, in a big pond. Mm -hmm. Didn't mind playing any of the, the, the bigger teams at the time. Um, I wanted to play everybody, even though I knew that we wasn't on that level. Um, but I just wanted the exposure for the kids. And this kind of took me on a journey. Um, two years ago, I went to Moravian Prep and I brought some of the guys with me from Forest Trail. And that was Caleb Burgess mm -hmm. and Javazier Belton. And then I went out and recruited Josh Hall and convinced him to come to Moravian. And we took off. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's an amazing story to hear that. I, I, I want to kind of break it down into pieces a little bit, you know, because last year you were unquestionably the best team in the state of North Carolina, um, you know, and you're nationally ranked program and all that kind of stuff. But to hear that, you know, less than 10 years earlier than that, you were a middle school coach, B-team coach, you know, with, with no real experience in coaching and stuff, and, and you worked your way up into that. What went into kind of the process of, of – what did you find out early on kind of through the process to get to where you're at now and what you're building now? Like, what did you find out early on and, and what were some key pieces that you took away, you know, from working early with Delaney, who's really got it figured out right now on the girl side, um, and, you know, and, and all that? I mean, you know, Delaney was, was a big part of kind of my success. I, I remember when I was, I was like 23, 24 years old, I'm 37 now, mm -hmm. and I would drive out to Thomasville Prep New Hope Christian Academy three or four hours early just to sit in Delaney's practice and watch. I mean, Delaney's girls have always been the cream of the crops. I mean, it, it's not a girls program in North Carolina, even nationally, that's, that's probably better than what Delaney Rudd produces. I mean, he's had some girls go to some big time schools. And, mm -hmm. and so I would go out there as a young kid and just kind of sit back over in the corner and just take notes and watch and, and, and learn from him and the success that he had with his girls program. Um, and then for also for myself, I just always believed in myself and trusted the process. Um, a lot of people don't really know me and didn't know me back then, but you always see me in the gym. Mm -hmm. So I would always just go and be around basketball and take notes in my mind and learn and, and kind of see some of these other people do it and, and take stuff from them and put it in my own perspective. Yeah. I'm, I'm also 37 years old, so I totally understand the, uh, that thing. Um, yeah. So Delaney, you know, he, he's got that, um, He's got that girl side going. He's kind of doing something that not really many other people are doing uh, on the prep side, on the girl side, getting, you know, the best players, putting them together and all that kind of stuff. He's at Winston-Salem Christian now too, right? Yes, he is. He's the, yeah. the national team girls coach, and they were ranked um, – I think they were ranked in the top ten in the country um, this past season, um, and they are returning their whole team. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I, I, we expect them to be – you know, top five nationally ranked this year. He's got a, a bunch of high major girls over there um, that, that that are really, really good. So you you hear a lot about Winston-Salem Christian's girls national team and their, and their regular traditional varsity team as well. And looking looking back on it, even at your time at Forest Trail and stuff, you're a hell of a recruiter. 
you, you, you somehow are able to connect with these kids and get them to buy in on what it is that, that you're doing and everything. Where do you feel like that recruiting prowess, that ability to, to get kids to buy into what it is that you're doing? Where do you think that came from? Um, I, I just, I'm just really honest with the kids. I'm honest with the parents. I don't, I don't try to mislead people. And I mean, I give my honest assessment and so far, you know, I, I value the parents being able to trust me. You know what I mean? As far as to, to kind of, and, and then also, if you look back at some of the kids that I, is in the college. So that, that kind of helps with the process to, to, to solidify what I'm saying. So I, I think just trusting the process and, and being honest and upfront and never kind of making a kid feel like they better than what they are and, and just making them work. I hold everybody accountable. Mm-hmm. And, I and- Charlie Shaquille more no different than I coached, you know, <laughs> some of the kids, Luke Davis and, and all the rest of them, every, everything was fair across the board. No doubt. And obviously you had to work to, to get to, you know, where you are. I mean, last year you had what, 10 kids that are going on college scholarships on your team last year. And not every team that you've ever had has always been like that, but um, you put a, a good number of kids into college every single season. Um, obviously Forest Trails team in Tomboy for a little bit. And then you had Rudy Williams, who's became one of the highest Juco prospects. This year. And any number of other players too. Um, but so you've always been able to get kids. I think the big question that you answered this year was you can coach your ass off too. Um, kind of where, uh, how, how did you grow into being a coach and kind of what goes into the fact is to taking all these kids, kind of a new roster every year, adding these pieces in together and all that kind of stuff, and then coaching them hard and, and, and beating the hell out of everybody. Well, you know, for me, I, you know, we, 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 all, we get a different team every year, but I think that it's passed down from generation. I think that, like, with, with my team this year, I have, you know, a couple kids returning, like Jordan Wildy, you know, who actually kind of was new this year, but we had Josh and Javazier Belton that were returning, so they kind of understand my coaching philosophy, and they were the guys that kind of behind closed doors, like, look, Lowe ain't going to go for that. Like, you guys got to bring it. So now I think Jordan Wildy and some of those guys that are returning are going to step into that role of what the standard is going to be. And even though, you know, I'm not at Moravian, I'm at Winston-Salem Christian, the standard is still going to be the same. We're going to compete. We're going to play hard. We're going to love each other. Um, and, and just, you know, we're going we're gonna to give it everything we got every time we get on the court. So you were able to play in a state championship last year, um, had all the best independent schools uh, that came to it, um, you know, all the Word of God, Bull City Prep, um, Quality Education, Liberty Heights. It was held at Combine, and you and Combine played in the championship of the, of the, of the state championship and all that kind of stuff. Um, you had them pretty well scouted. You kind of had a little bit of an understanding as to what was going to go on and all that kind of stuff, and the game never really was close. Um, what did you see? What was it that you that you saw in them to be able to kind of pounce on them and, and, and never look back? Um, I just think I just think that kind of with my team and with Combine and with Jeff's team last year, Jeff's team was just a little they were young, mm-hmm. you know, and I felt like with my team, we were older and we were like I had some dogs. I mean, my, my our calling call was defense. And I just felt like if we could get to that championship game my guys were not going to 
not perform. I mean, you got one game in your high school career to cap off a, a really good season that people didn't expect us to have. I mean, you know, again, I like reading the comments. I like I like the negative feedback. So I heard all the talk, you know, in the summer about, you know, Lowe's got a really good team, but can he coach them? Is he going to be able to make Josh and Shaq play together? What You know, is he going to get the best out of Jamari? All of these guys had knocks on their game. Josh had a knock on his game. Shaquille had a knock on his game. People said stuff about Jamari. And to be honest with you, to be, I, I really felt like if Javazier Belton was ha- ha- uh, healthy all year, we wouldn't have probably lost the game. Yeah. Um, Belton had a good July, you know, going into the season. And, you know, I, I just felt like, I mean, I heard all the talk, so I felt like we had a lot to prove. Um, in my mind, it was really never really an issue. Um, I felt like we were going to be good. But going back to what you said, I mean, it, I just felt like our guys were – we were ready for, for that game. Um, leading up to the game, it was a little bit of chatter from from one of the combine players to to, to two of my kids, Josh and Chad. And the kid actually told them that, you know, combine w- would beat us because they didn't have any heart. Mm-hmm. And he said that on a Thursday, and I used that from Thursday, Friday, and Saturday to motivate my guys that people think y'all still don't got no heart. And that was one of the things that I felt like kind of motivated us. You know, we, 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 we lost motivation in some of the games that we shouldn't have lost this year. Um, but I felt like going into that state championship game, those guys were really motivated to win that state championship. I mean, Shaquille Moore has, has won, I think, three state championships. Josh had never won a state championship. The year before, Jamari lost in the, fi- in the finals in the state championship. So it meant something to them guys. Javazier Belton, the same thing in Calhoun Falls. Two years ago, he lost in the upper state championship. Um, championship. So them guys had tasted it a little bit. So I felt like if we could get to the state championship game, I'll I- I take my-, my chances against anybody. You've mentioned a couple of guys already, but I, I got to ask you, have you ever seen a better defender in basketball than Shaquille Moore? Man, hey, hey, Shaquille sets down. Like, I'm not saying he's the best ever, but good gracious, he's one of the best. I mean, he's one of the best that I've seen. His natural ability on defense is just unparalleled. (laughs) It is. And and then if you look at him, I mean, he's kind of intimidating, too, because you look at him, he's got these little shorts on and his thigh muscles are bulging (laughs) out and he's got, you know, arms are strong and he set down. And then you got a question in your mind. If he rip you, he's probably going to dunk on you on the other end. (laughs) So no great on ball defender, man. I think I think Shaquille is going to surprise some people at NC State for sure. Yeah, I I, I want to ask you about that too. Like you know, people are asking, is he good enough for state? What position? I, for some reason, I don't see how you could question anything this kid does. But like, how good do you think he's going to be at state? I think I think you're one. He you know people are going to know his name. No question. Um, I, I think he's going to be a crowd favorite at NC State. He is an unbelievable young man. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you guys ever get a chance to hold a conversation with Shaquille Moore, it is next level. I agree. Um, he, he is unbelievable smart. Um, he, he has it all. Like, like he would be a fan favorite, a crowd favorite. Everybody will love him at NC State. I think year two, his game really, really would take off and, you know, definitely, you know, have a chance to be, uh, be that guy for NC State just because of his ability to affect the game, whether it's with a highlight dunk or defense. But, you know, I think one of the things this year that people actually seen about him was his ability to shoot the ball. His jump shot got a lot better. Now you can't go on the screens on him. And I think more so – I ain't going to really say 
you know, we, we're not going to take credit. It was just more so confidence thing, mm -hmm. you know, with him. Just just his confidence grew through another level with playing with us um, this past season. Yeah, I, I think he couldn't have picked a better coach to play for. And I think that Keats, his system, the way he defends, and I think he'll really shine uh, and really surprise people. And obviously you had a player, you know, declare for the draft and go to that. But I, we'll get to him in a second. I want to ask you about Jamari Harvey. Um, kind of everybody talked about Shaq and Josh as the season went on. Uh, Jamari might have been your biggest player through the second half of the season. Uh, I don't want to say best player, but hell, he could have been your best player throughout the second half of the season. Talk about the, the role that Jamari played and what Takeo Siddle is getting down at UNC Wilmington and, and, and Jamari Harvey. Man, I mean, I, I love the kid. Like, Jamari was so valuable to our team. Again, it gives you another veteran guard, I mean, so to speak, you know, it, for our level. I mean, he, he he's played high-level AAU basketball um, coming over to our team. And I think a, an advantage that, that helped Jamari was the year before he got to us at Northwood, he got to play with another star with Josh Nickelberry. So coming over to a team with us, he had been used to being and kind of fitting in and playing with, with, with people like Josh and Shaq. And, I mean, he was just, you know, Jamari didn't, didn't never really wow you as far as having averaging 25 a game. He didn't have to. But when it come down to it, and I know I needed a big shot or a big three, Jamari was never afraid to take, to, to, to take that shot. No question. Um, I think at UNC – Mm -hmm. They're getting. They're, I mean, he he's 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 going to be a hell of a player at UNC Wilmington. I think he's an impact player from day one. Um, I think he's a kid that could have went a little higher, um, but picked the right program, the right coaching staff, and I think they're going to let him loose. And Jamar is going to be that kid a couple years from now that that we look back and we say, you know, wow, what a, what a career he's having, and 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 have a chance to make some money. Yeah, I think I think you hit the nail on the head. Like his ability to fit in with other superstars, he doesn't demand shots. He doesn't do that, but he still always finds a way to produce in some right. some way, form, or fashion. Be it on defense, or you know, being at locking down the other team's best player, knocking down threes, or even initiating offense. Uh, you play. Oh yeah, I mean, stuff. he's coming into the year. Honestly, before I got Shaquille Moore, I was one hundred percent happy and would have been fine with Jamar Harvey being the starting point guard. Mm -hmm. um, that's probably one of his underrated skills is the fact that he really can play the point if he needed to. Um, so I think that's kind of what, what, what uh, Siddle was getting over there, somebody that can play comfortably the one, two, or the three and can guard. He's a high-level defender. I think he's actually a little underrated as a defender um, as well. Um, you know, he, he, can, he can guard the best player on the court. Um, you know, he rebounds the ball even though he has a skinny frame. So I, I think they're getting, a, they're getting a steal for sure. No doubt. And then, and then, so recently, I guess it was last week, Josh Hall declared for the draft. Not only declared for the draft, he signed with an agent foregoing his college career. He's the first person from the state of North Carolina to declare for the draft since Tracy McGrady straight out of high school. Um, what does that say or do about your program, and how big is that, you know, for the program and, and all that kind of stuff to have that type of, um, you know, player coming through, that, that caliber of player coming through? I, honestly, like, you know, I, I don't look at it like that, Jamie. I, I look at it as we did our job. Mm -hmm. Our job is to, to, to get these kids and develop them and prepare them for the next level. It just so happened that the next level for Josh is the NBA. You know, now, did, did we fully prepare him? I mean, no, we didn't. But we just brought out something. We brought out 
more of his game that had already been there. It just needed to be tapped into a little bit more. And I think the one thing with Josh's growth is he was allowed, he, he allowed us to coach him. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, 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 it's, it's, I mean, you've been around and I mean, I'm sure you've heard plenty of times of me getting into Josh. Yeah. And I think okay. that's kind of what's, what's allowed him to, to be successful is just being coachable and being developed. But I don't look at it as kind of what it does for our program and none of that. We, I, I'm just doing my job, and that's developing kids. And that's, that's going to be Josh and any other kid to come play for me. That's what they're going to get. And, and when, you, when you got him, people knew he was a good player. He had, he had a couple of low- to mid-major offers and stuff coming from Oak Hill's BT, varsity team or whatever. Um, at what point in time throughout your period coaching Josh, did you look at him and be like, damn, this kid's a pro? I, I lost you there for a second, Jamie. I, so, so you got Josh, and when he came over to you, he, he, had a, he had a few low to mid-major offers and all that kind of stuff coming from Oak Hill's uh, varsity team. Uh, there, uh, at what point in time from when you got him to now, did you look at him playing and be like, damn, this kid's a pro? Um, I always – I always seen bits and pieces of it, but I think for me, I probably didn't grasp that fact until about July of last summer in AAU on the circuit. And then when he went up and I know he played two games with the EYBL, um, he had like 26 in one game and 30 in one game against high level competition. Mm -hmm. And I felt like in July, coming into the season is when he really started to turn the corner. Um, I, I coached him in AAU with Loaded, so I actually had been around and seen the whole progress. I think in July is when he started to turn the corner and really look to try to dunk on people. Yeah. And I felt like that was the next stage of his game going to another level, is not settling for the jump shot. To be honest with you, he 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 got away from shooting the jump mm-hmm. shot. It was more so, I'm going to get downhill and now I'm going to dunk on you. Mm-hmm. And I felt like in July is when he really started to turn that corner. And I said, you know what, this, this, this kid is, everybody's been saying it, but that's when I kind of jumped on the bandwagon and said, yeah, he got the goods. And then going into August, I started to kind of see it. And I started seeing his body changing, him getting stronger. And just, like I say, turning that corner and, and dunking on people. Yeah. And uh, you were part of a 51-point game that Josh had at 10 a.m., and Rock Hill this uh, this year against AZ Compass, who's you know loaded with high majors as well. What was the feeling like during that game, during the course of that game, and, and what was it like watching that type of offensive output? And had you seen kind of at that level, had you seen something like that before, where somebody was so locked in and so much better than all the other high majors on the floor? Honestly, you know, it was we really didn't even realized that he was cooking like that. I mean, yeah. at halftime, I think he had like 24, and we didn't even talk about it. We, we in the locker room, we didn't talk about nothing about him cooking. I think we may have been up maybe eight points at halftime. It was just more so going over the game plan and, and getting my guys to lock in more. Mm-hmm. And when we come out of the locker room, I think one of the guys came up to me and, and was like, Josh got 24 points or whatever. And again, we still didn't pay it no attention. We just was going through with the game plan. And, you know, the thing about our team this year is we weren't selfish. So Josh was the guys was recognizing and it was, just, it, it, and it all came in the flow of the offense. Um, he had 51 points in the Florida offense. He wasn't ball hogging. He wasn't like none of that. It was just we running plays and getting it in off. He it was just he had a big rim. And I felt I told I, I told him I felt like that was the one time in Josh's career where he actually felt what it was like to be in a zone. Like you got the big rim. I mean, now you feel like 
kind of you kind of got that same feeling that that Durant and and LeBron and all these guys got when they got 40 and 50 in the game. You know, I felt like that was another stage in Josh's career of turning the corner when he had that 51 point game. Yeah, it was. It was. Um, I wasn't there for it. I was at the, the our other event that we were having, but watching the film back on it, I mean, it was just like you said. He had a big rim, and it just everything that he did it was it, it was it was it was a pretty magical looking performance. So you've all you personally have always had the mentality, which is something I, I I absolutely respect about you more than anything. Anybody, anytime, anywhere. I'll play anybody. I'll play. I'll travel two hours and play two games in a day, and we don't want we want all the smoke that anybody can give. Last year, y'all were the hunter. Nobody knew who Moravian was coming in uh, to the season and stuff, and, and y'all ended up in your first game playing against Oak Hill. Absolutely. Not only were you playing against Oak Hill, Cole Anthony, Kofi Cockburn, all those guys, y'all took them to overtime and damn near almost beat them. Um, then all of a sudden, y'all came into this year, and y'all were the hunt, hunted. Everybody knew Moravian, and everybody was coming at your best, and then you went on to the 30-3 and three season. Uh, could, you know, it could have been 33-0. and 0. Uh, Great, great year and all that kind of stuff. How did that transition go um, from being the hunter to the hunted? Well, I think um, even, even kind of with, with the way my team is shaping up to this year, we'll get into that later. But mm-hmm. part of what I do is I, I feel like my guys that I had this year, even though they had offers, even though Josh had offers, even though Shaq had offers, Jamari had offers, Javazia had offers, those guys still felt like they had something to prove. Yeah. So I felt like that kind of kept the bar set high. And every day, you know, the, the, the hype they were hearing, the, the videos and stuff that they were seeing, I think that that kind of made them guys lock in. And I, I'll be honest, another thing about my team from this year is, the bigger the stage, the more locked in those guys were. Yeah. I mean, it's it's funny, man, because the more cameras cameras that were around and the, the bigger the crowd was, my guys were even more ready to perform on that stage versus, you know, some of the other smaller venues that we have. And, and another thing about our, our team this year is we didn't play a home game mm-hmm. the whole season. We did not play a home game. Everything we did was on the road this year. Yeah. And – uh uh, you know, I, I still feel like even though coming in, you had the, all the talent on your roster, all your guys had offers and everything. It's from probably the beginning of the season until about December, you're still catching some heat. People were like, oh, they ain't that good, all that kind of stuff. And then long about the John Wall, everybody just kind of jumped on board and y'all were like a traveling rock show. Uh, yeah. Ever since then, you had, you had cameras at every game, you had, you had fans and all that kind of stuff. What do you think it was about that that kind of just turned everybody's attention to be like, Damn, this team is the best team. This team is nationally ranked. We're we're, we're rocking with these guys. Um, I, I just think it was that hard nosed mentality of of we'll play anybody anywhere, you know, anytime. Like people started to really see that we really was 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 about that, you know. Yeah. Um, I, I felt like people were still on board with us, but they wanted to. It's like they were rooting for us, but they still wanted to see us lose. You know what yeah. I mean? Just so we could say, oh, they ain't that good. We told you they wasn't like that. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. I felt like going into the John Wall. You know, we were we were undefeated. Um going into that and I felt like you know we we just that's kind of when everybody rallied behind us all the way in is and 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 started to to support what we were doing and now you go from having Moravian the best team in the state last year you're over at Winston-Salem Christian right now what went into that decision for you to 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 leave what y'all had going at Moravian and and explore this new venture 
So as I said before, um, I started out as the B team coach at New Hope Christian Academy, which was kind of the same setup as Moravian. Mm -hmm. You know, it was the online world. I have coached in the online world, school world, um, for about, you know, six, seven years now. And it's so much on me. Like, I do a lot outside of the basketball stuff. Um, I've never not had a kid not qualify. Um, all of my kids, despite what people say, their grades are really good. The SAT scores are really, really high. Mm -hmm. um, for, for the last six or seven years, I've had to do the basketball stuff. But the stuff that people don't see is the fact that I'm also the one making sure these kids are doing their schoolwork, making sure that they're, they're attending the classes and, and, and all of that. So coming into Winston-Salem Christian, one of the things that stuck out for me um, was the fact that it is a real school. Mm -hmm. um, it, is, it is K through 12. Um, and that kind of played a big part in me wanting to do something else. I always told Coach Ellis, you know, when I took the job at Moravian two years ago, that the only way I would leave is if it was for a real school that kind of wanted to have a national basketball program as well to where I could get the best of both with having a national team and having a real school for these guys to kind of take some of the, the work off of me as I started to grow as a coach. And, and you know, I'm in school myself. I, I graduated in December with my bachelor's degree from Western Carolina. So it was just... Thank you. It was a lot on me with going to school myself and then also kind of making sure all of these kids are doing what they're supposed to and just ensuring these parents that if you send your child to me and even though the online world is not traditional, it's nothing wrong with it. Mm -hmm. um, I'm, I'm going to get your kids and make sure they still had a success that they're having in the public school classrooms. And so that that played a big part into me going over to Winston-Salem Christian was the fact that it was a real school. It's a Christian school. I mean, they have values. Um, you know, it's a small environment. Um, the administration mm -hmm. at, at Winston-Salem Christian was phenomenal when I went for, you know, the interview and I met all the staff. It was just, it felt like home. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you know you're going to get players. You're coming off of this unbelievable season that you had. You, you, you know you're going to get players and all that kind of stuff. What does your roster, what's your roster shape? I'm, I'm already seeing people saying they're coming and all that kind of stuff. What's your roster shaping up like, and who are some of these guys that uh, people need to be on notice about? Well, um, the first guy that that kind of put it out there that he was coming to to Winston Salem Christian was six seven Daniel Nixon from um, from um, he he went to Hills Academy up in um, Philadelphia, I think. Mm -hmm. um, Daniel is about six seven. Um, he played for Team Durant on the EYBL. Uh, right now he has offers from, you know, like Penn State, Temple, um, ODU, to name a few. Um, he's a guy that will come to North Carolina and leave his mark. I think he's a guy that will come to the Hoop State, and the Hoop State will welcome him. Um, I, I feel like he will have a blow up. He's a big, strong, tough guard, um, great kid, high academics. Um, he's a he's a defensive guy. I, I like tough kids. I, I, I like kids that are going to get out of it on a defensive end. Mm -hmm. um, so he's a kid that 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 would be coming down to the hoop state. Um, uh, Daniel Nixon. Um, he's a 2021, and I um, also got a uh, Rashawn uh, McMiller from Chicago. Mm -hmm. uh, Rashawn averaged at 18 points a game this year. He is a dog. <laughs> uh, three. 
uh, strong. Uh, I mean, he's a kid that, that, that we're going to have to tell to go home from the weight room in, in, in the gym. Yeah. Uh, he has an offer from Detroit University. Mm-hmm. I expect a lot out of him um, as somebody that can come in with a little experience and, and just he's going to guard the other team's best player every night. That's, that's his calling card. That's what he, he yeah. does. Um, of course, you know, Jordan Wilder's coming over with me. And I think Jordan is probably going to be one of those kids that will have a big jump in the hoop state this year. He went from kind of a role player this year on Moravian's loaded team to now he's got a chance to be the man um, on the team. You know, Jordan's got just picked up an offer from Iona yesterday. And, you know, he's had some high majors reach out to him. He's definitely a kid that I think is going to, take the hoop state this year by storm um, mm-hmm. and, and being a high major. He's 6'9", stretch four. He can really shoot the ball. Um, I think the difference with people will see with Jordan this year is um, Jordan's ability to be able to start the break. You know, I'm going to let him put the ball on the floor. I'm not going to hold him back. So he can dribble. I'm going to let him, you know, you'll see him take people off the dribble, face up, shoot the three ball. Um, I'm excited about him. And um, I also got Tavis Bridges coming over mm-hmm. that played on Moravian Preps regional team last year. And Tavis is – a 6'8 kid with a 7'1 wingspan and he blocks shots. Like he, that's, that's, that's his role. He gives me another tough big that is long and athletic and can block shots and his development is still in the progress. And he's going to be a kid I think will be really, really big for me. And I just, uh, Christian Cornish just announced that he's coming over today and a lot of people probably don't know Christian Cornish, but he's from Charlotte. Mm-hmm. Um, he is a tank. He's yeah. 6'4", and he is big. Oh, yeah. <laughs> He's strong. He's skilled, strong, too. And I feel like, yeah, very, very skilled. Um, I feel like Christian is probably going to – Christian is going to be another guy that I turn into a defensive specialist, and I, I feel like Christian is going to be probably one of the best rebounding guards in the state of North Carolina. Um, he has an offer from A&T, North Carolina A&T University. Mm-hmm. He's also somebody that I'm, I'm, I'm really excited about, can play um, either guard position. And, and um, I got a couple other kids that, that you know, hadn't announced yet that will be coming. I got a couple more high majors that, that are young um, that's, that's going to be announcing pretty soon that they're coming over to join me. So, you know, I expect everything to continue to roll at Winston-Salem Christian like it was rolling at Moravia. I hear, uh, I hear Amari Haney's about 6'5 now. Oh, yeah. Amari, Amari's actually grown. Like, I, I didn't believe it my, myself until I seen him the other day. And he he's legit six four and a half, you know, maybe six five, you know, but he's you know, he he's growing. I mean, he it's 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 his time coming. His time is coming. So looking forward, obviously you experienced a ton of success last year. Y'all ranked nationally and all that kind of stuff and um state champion and everything. How do you how does this team how, how good can this team that you have coming up with Sam Christian, how good can this team be? I mean, you know, I don't expect nothing. I, I coming into the year, I expect them to still be the best team in the hoop state. Um, mm-hmm. The the difference in the team is some of these guys ain't got the name yet, even though they're of high level players. They don't have the name of the Josh Hall and Shaquille Moores coming into the season. These are, are guys that are a little younger, like Amari Haney. That's a 2022. I have another kid that's coming in that's a 2022. That's that's got about five or six high majors already. Mm-hmm. So they still they they just don't have a name yet. You know what I mean? They they we're still going to be really really good. I got some bids that hadn't announced yet that is also coming over. That's going to give me that toughness in the inside. So I just feel like we're we're still going to be fine. We just don't have 
like those kids don't really have the national name yet that maybe the Josh Hall and Shaquille Moore's had. I tell you, man, one of the one of the great things about you or whatever is listening to you talk about these players. You get excited about your guys. Like you, you, you just get super excited about each each of the, each of the guys, and just as much as they're players for you, and you know you're tough with them, and you know you, you hold them accountable and call them on their stuff. You love them, and, and you really, really advocate for them, and you and you can just understand the excitement that comes from your voice when you talk about them. Absolutely, I I, I love all uh, every last one of them, and and not just with my guys, but in, any kid that I'm around, man. I, I just anywhere I can help yeah, them and help my resources. You know, I'm I'm all for helping. I'm, I'm really I, I love every last one of them. So I think within the last um, you know three or so years, the school route prior to that had gotten a huge negative stigma about it. I believe work that you know uh, you did with Combine, with uh, Liberty Heights, with Word of God, putting kids in college, Division One every single year, that, um, that, that stigma has shifted a little bit into being legitimate. What do you, I mean, wh where do you stand on that? What are your thoughts about that? What are your thoughts about the people who, um, you know, were negative about it to start off with and now coming around on it? You know, I think y'all are showing um, that this is a very real, very viable option of a way for basketball players to get to Division One basketball programs. Well, I think one of the most important things is it gives a lot of these kids an opportunity and a platform to play on to where they can be seen. Like kind of with us, we, we play a national schedule um, that, you know, I, like you said earlier, I don't mind driving two or three hours to play two games in one day for my guys to get the exposure. And I think kind of the prep school route has been had success because all of us, if you look at the combines, the Liberty Heights, the Word of Gods, you know, we all play a national type schedule that allow our kids to get that extra exposure. And if you look at kind of the way things are shaping up, a lot of these kids are wanting to come and join that. So the, the perception that people have, and it's like kind of the thing that I never really understood is at the end of the day, adults want to be happy for kids. You're supposed to be happy for a kid. If that kid is going to college, what difference if he went to an online school or a or, or, or public school or whatever? At the end of the day, the goal is to get the kid into college. And I felt like we all have done a really good job of getting kids into college, even though they may be taking classes online. Um, it's, still the, it's still the same thing. I mean, kids from public school are going to, to college and they taking, sitting in the classroom. And then you got the kids that, that have went to online schools and the prep school route that's going to college. And for me, that's always been the end goal. So people could say negative stuff about it, but at the end of the day, we getting kids into college and that's all that matters. You play a national schedule. You coached with Loaded last year, all the on the gauntlet, you know, you, at, at Moravian, you played all over the country, like as you said, didn't even play a home game last year. How good is the talent in the state of North Carolina? It's unbelievable. I mean, it is it is unbelievable. I mean, you you know, you look at kind of looking back at this year, and you 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 hear the talk about the Moravians, you hear the combines, the Word of Gods, you hear you know the QEA, and I felt like to be honest with you, I remember back down in the in the Jamboree coming into the summer, people was talking about Moravian and I watched quality education play and I said, that's the best team in the hoop state. Man, you they, know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> they passed the airport test. <laughs> yeah, you know, so then, you know, you look down at the fact that, at, of course, you know, you got Greensboro Day, who is the king of, of North Carolina. You know, I, I, I felt like, you know, they earned the respect over the last couple of years to be called that. You can't sleep on them. And then you had kind of the other teams like Cannon, who was absolutely loaded. 
Um, mm -hmm. Mike Wright had a really good team at Liberty Heights. You had the Burlington School that's got some really good talent. I mean, it was it was Carmel Christian. I mean, it, it was it was a lot of talent in the hoop state. Concord First Assembly won a state championship this year, I think. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, it was just you can look from top to bottom. I mean, down in the eastern part of North Carolina to where they got kids down there that nobody knows about. Um, Rashawn Smith is really good. So mm -hmm. it's a lot of talent in the state of North Carolina, no matter where you look. And I think that's why you see so many coaches um, coming around to recruit North Carolina. It's the hoop state for a reason. Yeah, no doubt. And I, you know, I, I think you hit the nail on the head there. There were a lot of good teams. The playoffs, you know, independent school playoffs, the public school playoffs, the private school playoffs, playoffs were heated. They were competitive games, and there was a lot of excitement surrounding it, it last year. Absolutely. Where, where um, so wh what do you think we have, we're out, we're out with the coronavirus right now, COVID and quarantine and all that kind of stuff. It just got announced, I believe. I don't know if it's been confirmed, but I saw it was announced doing away with the June live period events and we're they're doing away with the NCAA camps and all that kind of stuff. I think they said they were moving the April live periods to July and August and stuff. This is an unknown situation and nobody has a right answer to any of this. Where, where do you stand on where things are, are kind of, having missed this ent almost entire recruiting period and, and for the kids and, and, and what would yours be, um, you know, moving forward to make sure that these kids are, are able to get seen? I, for, for start off, I, I feel bad for them, honestly, like for the 2021 kids. I mean, just even kind of dealing with some of my own players to speak. I mean, you know, for a kid like Jordan Wilder, who had a really good state championship, um, his confidence grew to a whole nother level at the end of the season last year. And I felt like coming in from the state championship to now, Jordan Wilder would have been a hot commodity, you know, mm -hmm. had it been an AAU. So now his recruiting is kind of back a little bit, you know, going into the season. So I, I feel bad and even kind of with, with some of the unsigned seniors who had would, would probably played themselves into a Division One scholarship had there been an April live period, but you know I just I felt like a lot of kids are going to be hurt by this, so I think the JUCO and the postgrad route would be a good option for a lot of the kids and a lot of the unsigned seniors who maybe didn't get to play and ain't going to get to play during the AAU period. Yeah, no, it's going to be interesting to see how things go moving forward and how everything plays out. Um, Antonio, it's been great. It's always great, great talking with you, chatting with you. It's been awesome to kind of get a little background on your success and kind of where you came from. And, you know, it wasn't just an overnight thing. It's been a lot of hard work and a lot of studying and, 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 and working and all that kind of stuff to get to where you're at. Absolutely. I appreciate it, Jamie. I appreciate you having me on. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, guys, thank y'all for being here. Uh, Jamie Shaw on the Absolute Basketball Podcast. For Antonio Lowe, we thank you very much.